Hey everyone, this is John Alba from The Extreme Life of Mad Hardy. Now, every single week on the podcast, you get to hear me and my buddy Mad Hardy talk all about the great wrestling stories from his career. And if you notice at the beginning of the podcast, we like to talk about the current happenings in the wrestling world. Well, that's not the only time all week long I get to do that. In fact, I've got a website I want to tell you all about. That is WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. This is your chance to interact with me one-on-one every single week, multiple times, whether it's Ask Alba Q&As, tape studies where we break down famous wrestling matches, move for move, preview and review shows of WWE and AEW pay-per-views, and much, much more. If you like my takes on wrestling, or even if you don't, and you just want to talk about them in person with me one-on-one, this is your opportunity to do so and join a great community of wrestling fans. Go to WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com now and join for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month cheaper than your cup of coffee at Starbucks. And join me for some great wrestling conversation about all the fantastic matches that we are seeing week in and week out with some of the best talent in the world. That's WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out no house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. Spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, presented to you by Podcast Heat and the Anthony Shows Network, episode 69. Nice of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. I'm joined as always by the broken one, welcome one, spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. What's going on, brother? That's me. Uh, just hanging out here, man. We're in Sunrise, Florida, getting ready for tonight's big dynamite and rampage event. And uh, there's a Hardy compound match coming up on the horizon. So it's a very exciting time for the Hardys. Yes, it is. We got to see Jeff grab the mic for the first time since his return this past week on Rampage. I loved it, man. I thought he was real. He was honest. He was excited. Teased that he was going to retire, but instead said he's just retiring from screwing up and he's ready to do things right. Uh, what did you think of Jeff's words that he had to share with all the AW fans? Uh, I thought it was great. I, I was really proud of him. He had a very good delivery. With all that, and you know, th- those were his ideas, and we we were kind of on a time tight time schedule as far as that segment went. And uh, I, I thought he said the right things; he hit the points he needed to hit, and he had that big swerve in there where a lot of people in the back was like, "Oh my God!" When he said retired, like, is he really doing this? And I told him, you know, just keep a brief pause. You know, once you feel they've, <sighs> then go. Uh, he he was great with everything, man. He did really good. Really proud of him. I almost venture to guess, and maybe I'm wrong that Jeff's been a little nervous since coming back and seeing how the responses would be and getting out there, grabbing the mic. How's he been reacclimating here a little bit? 
Yeah, I, I, th I think he was nervous. I think that's natural that anyone would be nervous. Um, I, I don't, I don't think we ever really worried about the fans in the in the live venue, mm -hmm. uh, not reacting strongly to him. I, we always saw that was going to be a pretty positive thing, you know. Sure, uh, the reason he he was gone was a was a was a very bad reason, um, but it is what it is. He he's Jeff Hardy, and the end of the at the end of the day, he is absolutely beloved. Yeah, the reactions he's been getting have been awesome. And yeah, and, and the welcome back chance means so much, and I'm sure they mean so much to him too. Just to see that genuine love and support from the audiences is, is great. I love to see it. We love to see it here as well on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We were supposed to talk about Backlash 2009 this week because it's an anniversary, but uh, travel is just a little insane this week for both of us. So we wanted to instead take the pulse of the extreme life of Matt Hardy cinematic universe and see what the fans have with their ask mad questions. And we got a lot of great questions from you guys. We'll be talking about backlash 2009 next week. Instead, things are pretty crazy around the Hardy compound these days and around the Alba compound. So we're going to deliver you a great episode. I don't really want to waste any more time, Matt. So without further ado, please hit us with that mad fact. Matt fact. Matt has zero tattoos. I have always wanted to ask you about that because you are one of I very know you few have. I know you have. You are one of very few pro wrestlers with no tattoos. What's the decision there? Uh, I don't think I've ever had anything that I've been fully committed to in my life that I would put mm -hmm. on my body properly. Uh, some things that... I would be open to in the future going forward would be something representing my children because they're the most important things in my life. Uh, and Jeff had a Hardy boy symbol tattooed on him. I, I would, I would be up for getting the Hardy boy symbol in some capacity because that's been such a big part of my life and a, and a big deal in my life and has given me the opportunity to live the, the current life that I have, which I'm very grateful for. I figured it would be the kids' names or something attached to your career so that certainly makes yeah. a lot of sense there maybe perhaps stronger than death something along those lines just as a reminder to live by the mantra every day maybe, of course cloud okc uh, mm -hmm. perhaps maybe pearl jam lyrics something like that there's a lot of choices out there I, i'm, I'm I, getting I, ever, I don't think i'd ever get pearl jam lyrics i would never no mama wouldn't be good with that <laughs> no, I would. She, she, I don't think she would care. She wouldn't. She wouldn't be concerned with anything. But she's got a lot of tattoos, right? Yeah, she's got small stuff all gotcha. over. She, she got the, you know, the, the latest one. Well, she actually got two. She got one with her best buddy just recently uh, from elementary school, and then she also got a uh, Eevee, the Pokemon, and that was obviously for the the baby girl that we just had. Love that. That's great. That's great. I think I'm gonna get a song lyric, but. That's to be determined based on what the next endeavor is uh, for me. But I don't care about that, Matt Hardy. I care about the questions, the fantastic questions that the Matt Hardy fans around the world brought to us this week. And we start with a hot one from Top Guy Bobby. Well, hell, Bobby. Outstanding, Bobby. Outstanding. It's always good to have you on the pod. He loves him some Matt Hardy. He loves the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And he says, Matt, thanks for another great episode. Where are you on the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship unveiled on Raw? Oh, I cannot wait to talk to you about this, Matt. What are your thoughts, pal? I see you over there salivating already, Jonathan. Um, 
Yeah. First and foremost, I'll talk about the actual physical structure of, of the title and how it looks. I'm okay with it. I know there were a lot of people right from the jump that came out and said they didn't like it, but I'm okay with the design. It's a combination of like the big WWE symbol and like a, a big gold belt, I feel like, and I'm okay with it. I think it'll grow on me as time goes on. As far as the idea of having another champion on another brand, I, I'm good with that too. I like that. I, I feel like it was very powerful for Roman Reigns holding both of the titles and being the undisputed champion. But I feel like if you're going to have two different brands and they're going to be hard, hard, hard splits, I feel like it's important to have a champion on both brands. Uh, that way, whenever you have live events, you get to see the World Heavyweight Tower defended. And that's a very important thing, I think. And I think that's also something that sells tickets. So I am totally good with having two different brands, having somewhat of a hard split and having a world champion on both brands. I think that's a good thing. I guess the controversial thing has been the manner in which it happened, where, as we've discussed here, ad nauseum, mm -hmm. it felt like an opportunity to really do something with Cody in those championships or Sami Zayn in those championships or Kevin Owens in those championships and to come up with a reason to split them out of that. Instead, it just, I mean, literally, the excuse became Roman Reigns doesn't want to work two days a week, so we're just going to create another championship and he's going to keep the other. That just feels a little lazy to me. What say you? Um, I, I, I think it's a positive to have champions on each brand, especially sure. uh, definitive world heavyweight champions. As far as Roman not dropping one i mean it would be tricky because now that he's the undisputed champion i mean every time he wrestles the undisputed titles what's on the line is that am i correct in saying that correct um <clears throat> so I, I think having this draft is a clever way to make this happen um <clears throat> still the biggest star is going to be made someone's going to get the biggest rub whenever they defeat roman for his title, because it will still carry on that legacy of being the undisputed championship. So, so that is still where your money is at and you make a guy by beating Roman because when Roman reigns reign ends, whoever gets it is going to get a huge, huge rub. And it's going to be a big deal for that person. And I think whoever ends up on the other brand winning the new world heavyweight title, I, I think it's going to be a big deal for them, but it's going to be nowhere near as monumental as whoever defeats Roman. I'm going to, I'm going to just pitch a hypothetical scenario here. Okay. What okay. if, Cody Rhodes had won the championship at WrestleMania. He finished wow. the story. He captured the WWE championship lineage because that's what the WWE Universal Championship is. It's that lineage that his right. father couldn't do. Right. And then the next night on Wrestle after WrestleMania on Raw, he comes out and he says, I finished my story. I captured the WWE championship. And with that comes two belts. And I'm a fighting champion. And I recognize that for the better of this company, both of our brands need a world champion. So I'm going to keep the WWE championship because that's the one that I fought for. And I'm going to relinquish this one because I know that we need another fighting champion on our other brand. Because that is what the, that's what makes this company right. Having fighting champions, having people that aren't Roman Reigns. I don't know, man. I know I'm just fancy booking something off the top of my head there, but that's a hell of a lot more appealing to me in terms of storytelling than just... Well, we created the sorry you couldn't beat Roman Reigns championship. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, you, you know I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen Cody win the titles. Yeah. And it, he, would, he would have been a made man. And, and that idea is great. It's 
obviously fantasy booking, but it, it is. I like that idea. It's solid, and I'm here for it. Um, considering that it's not the direction they chose to go, uh, you know, they, they ended up doing something different. I'm still glad that we are getting two different champions on both yeah. brands. I, I think it's good because it also helps you build bigger matches on the pay-per-view where you have two now heavyweight title matches, I, I think, which helps things out a lot. It's, it's a better selling point for pay-per-views. I, I don't hate having the two champions. I'm okay with that. My worry is that the new championship will feel more like, remember 2000 and. 11 2012 i know you weren't there in the company but the world heavyweight championship became the intercontinental championship it didn't feel like a world championship anymore there was a clear difference between the two i think in order for this to be successful both championships need to be presented the same way in terms of their lore and illustriousness i mean and and i, I agree with that as well i mean i guess literally we have to let it play out you know, and use quite a bit and just see how they end up booking that going forward. You know, I, I would have loved to have seen Cody win. I, I think that'd been a great time to have a, a full-time wrestler on your roster who is going to do all the events, get the ultimate juice, you know what I mean? And really pushed forward hard and, and be the face of the company. But you know, that's not what we got. And I guess we're just going to have to let it play out, John. And I'll say this, if Cody wins that new championship rather than, the WWE championship that they built the entire story and chase around. I think that would be a mistake. I, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, I still think the, the title, you know, we need to see Cody win is uh Roman reigns. He yes. ultimately needs to win that at the end of the day, he, he needs to be a guy to, to unseat him. If you really want to make him the face of the company. And I, I think he's a guy who there's a huge argument for making him the face of the company currently. And I guess, you know, we'll just have to, to wait and see. But I think someone else greatly benefits from winning the world heavyweight title. Um, and we'll we'll see what the uh, the future holds for Cody Rhodes. Who would you make the first champion? Interesting. I I, uh, I feel like I would try and uh, and make a guy. I think um, it's got to be a baby face. Yeah. Who, who, who's in the running for that thing right now? Oh, so they, they're going to have a tournament. They haven't officially declared it, but the one that I think a lot of people are speculating is that Seth Rollins would be the first champion, which I, I would be all about. And I think Seth Rollins mm -hmm. is your fighting champion to yeah. be the first Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm good with that. I, I'd be good. Seth, Ro Seth Rollins would be a great pacemaker for that mm -hmm. champion. He would really set the tone well for that title. Yeah, and then you have someone that you can go ahead and you can go make a, a Gunta or something like that down the line by mm -hmm. having him win or someone like that. Right. Uh, but I'd like to see Seth win that champion. I think Seth has been one of the biggest workhorses in wrestling the past few years. And With, without a doubt, without a win. doubt, good thing. Uh, let's keep going here. We got Coach Rosie. Interesting question from Rosie. He says many people complain about John Laronitis. What interactions did you have with him, and how do you feel about him? Interesting. Um, it's a good question, though. So whenever Johnny first came over from WCW, and I had turned on Jeff. And I was just starting Matt Hardy version one, the sensei of Mattitude. We, we definitely clashed quite a bit and we had uh, different views on how I should do the character, I think. And they wanted me to be a more out, more straightforwardly a hill, I think, and, and just cheat and be bad and try and get heat all the time. And I wanted to be a hill, but I also wanted to be entertaining. I, I thought that was important because I knew I was up against a beast in Jeff Hardy, who's one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. So there was a point where I was going to have take out Rey Mysterio. I was going to feud with Edge, and it was going to be something that was really going to elevate me because Edge had been getting a lot of juice at this time from uh, being pushed. 
And they ended up taking me out and putting A-Train in. So, you know, Prince Albert A-Train, he got that role and not me. And that was a Johnny Ace thing. And I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I was very upset about that. I stood up for myself, talked to the writers, talked to Vince, why I should be getting this opportunity. And, and I didn't get it. And Vince said, well, we'll give you another opportunity down the road. And they ended up giving me the opportunity of becoming the Cruiserweight champion. And I made the most out of that. I'm really happy with how they ended up going. I went to WrestleMania 19, wrestled Rey Mysterio. We did the deal where I dropped the title to him in the main event of SmackDown. And it was really a big deal for the Cruiserweight title. And also it was a big deal for me because Ray was such a such an overtown at that time, right? So John, John Laurinaitis and I, we had a lot of issues. And I, I felt like whenever he called to release me, uh, in 2005, I felt like he was getting a little, a little bit of enjoyment out of it because he's like, okay, well, this guy kind of like, you know, he, he clashed with me and he, he, uh, questioned my judgment and, and how I was asking him to work and whatnot. So I feel like there was a, a part of him that enjoyed that a little bit. Eventually, as everyone knows, I end up coming back. He's there. I get along fine with him. And whenever I came back for those last three years to WWE in, in 2017, I, I was absolutely cool with him and it was fine. And John Laurinaitis has a really shitty job. The, the job he was doing at that time is talent relations because he's ultimately the bad guy for Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon doesn't need to give people the bad news. He doesn't need to tell people the bad things that they have to hear. That's John Laurinaitis' job. So that's a tough job. It's a very thankless job in many ways, too. So at the end of the day, I've had my issues with John Laurinaitis, but I'm okay with John Laurinaitis now, and I, I'm fine with him. I have respect for him, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. A Hardy Boys versus Dynamic Dudes match would have been – that would have been a trip. That would have been, right? been a hell of a deal. I, I, a match. I actually saw Shane Douglas like last week in Pittsburgh, which was oh, really ironic. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, Johnny, uh, as stated by Coach Rosie, controversial figure in wrestling. Very, very much so. But people have lauded his wrestling brain for laying out matches and – finishes in the work that did you ever have yeah. any experiences with him in that sense yeah he, he had he had very good ideas he was he, he was very widely known as a great finish guy especially coming from japan right so he did he was he was good at that and and fit finley he was kind of in that same boat with johnny i clashed a lot with him in in the beginnings you know but like once he started working and i got to work with him we became really close and good and i i have lots of love for fit i really enjoyed i loved working with Fit Finley. Working with Fit Finley was like a night off in many ways. And I think one of the things that made him respect me a whole lot is that we could go in the ring and just call everything in the ring. We could go 15 minutes and call it all in the ring. And that's kind of like an old school mentality, which a lot of people couldn't do that at that time. So I think, I think that gained me a lot of respect with Fit. But yeah, Fit is a genius too. He had so many great out-of-the-box ideas, and he was so good at being a heel. Uh, lots of love for Fit Finley on finishes too. We got a question from one of the boys, John Schuyler. I'm a big John Schuyler fan. I love his work. Yes, Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? Who has the better chicken sandwich asking for a friend? Well, uh, well, hell, John Schuyler. Uh, let me say this to, to a watch brother. Uh, I got to tell you, the, the story behind this is whenever the all-out incident happened and I got knocked out, uh, I went to the hospital that night. I got all my tests done. Uh I was going to drive home the next day, but like the people at AEW, they insisted someone drive me home. So Skyler lived close enough to me that he could drive me. So he actually drove my car. So we got to spend that seven hour trip, you know, driving back, whatever, from Jacksonville back to the Hardy compound. So on the way, 
we were going to stop and grab a bite to eat. And he's like, okay, well, what do you want? I said, I don't know, man. I, I've done this drive a lot during the pandemic, right? I said, so there's a Popeye's up here. He says, Popeye's, is that any good? Like, what do they have? I said, well, the chicken sandwich is pretty hot, man. Like, you know, I, Rebby got one and I was digging it. She would even put some hot sauce on it and whatnot. And I said, let's just, let's grab one. I said, if you've never had one, I think you'll like it. And he ate that Popeye's chicken sandwich and I think it changed his life. And he became a big fan. So the Chick-fil-A sandwiches are good. But I got to go with the Popeye's chicken sandwiches at the end of the day. And and uh, myself and Brother Skyler, Brother Skyler, Brother Spiler, uh, he's got a couple nicknames. Uh, we we had a, a really fun time driving back to the Hardy compound that day. I'll tell you, that's a very controversial opinion that you just gave, putting Popeye's over Chick-fil-A when it comes to the chicken sandwich. But I'm in full agreement with you. I'm in full agreement with you. I think the spices are better with Popeye's. I think there's more crunch to the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I'm with you, man. I think that's a good call. Do you prefer Popeye's over Chick-fil-A in general? There's a lot of stuff I like at Chick-fil-A. I love the Chick-fil-A grilled nuggets. Oh, yeah. I love the Chick-fil-A salads, too, which you can kind good of salads. Get eat eat healthy. I love uh, – my wife will get it a lot for the kids and I. She'll get like a 50-piece grilled nuggets and some salads and stuff, and I'll, like, I'll break up the nuggets and put it on the salad, and it makes for a great little meal and healthy as well. Calorie yeah. content. We, we do like to be calorie conscious here, uh, of course, you at know. the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. One of the reasons we like to be calorie conscious is because we got our AG1s, Matt Hardy. You know we do. AG1, that's how we start off each of our days, John. Before you head out to Chick-fil-A or Popeye's or whatever, you got to make sure that you are absorbing one delicious scoop of AG1, which will, of course, give you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens straight to your body. It's going to help you with your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus aging, all of those things. Listen, it's okay to treat yourself when you're putting AG1 in your body as well because it's going to help you get everything that you actually need. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, so it's important to choose one with those high-quality ingredients that your body's actually going to absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big-time benefits. It's one thing that you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Matt, it may not taste like Popeye's sweet heat sauce, but it still does taste pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, it tastes absolutely delectable. That's one thing about AG1s is not only is it extremely healthy for you, it also is extremely good. It's very, very tasty. It's going to cost you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit, cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. It is an yep. all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now, yep. it's time to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with that convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And how many free travel packs with your first purchase? Five, cinco, five, cinco, five free travel packs. You can't beat it. You can't. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. An all-new edition of The Insiders is here, as Conrad welcomes David Zaudi, the man behind so many iconic video packages WWF fans grew up on, including one that left Vince in tears. You got it. And Conrad, I swear, I walked outside the studio, and Vince was sitting down on the concrete floor, crying hysterically. 
just saying thank you. Thank wow. you. Wow. Thank you. I went up to the whole cabin. He says, good job. Can't wait to see it. 15 minutes later in the stairwell, Vince is still sitting down in a different spot now, crying, saying thank you. Thank you. Special guest host Raven sat in for Jake the Snake Roberts on the Snake Pit, looking back 25 years on his rivalry with DDP and an interesting new member of the flock. Jimmy Hart comes up to me one day and goes, hey, Hulk, Hulk would like a favor. I go, what is it? He goes, he'd like you to put Horace in the flock. I'm like, sure. I'm not going to say no. But it, was, it became a running gag like, like uh, Jericho and Conan, we used to, three of us used to hang out together and call ourselves the triumvirate of useless information. And so they were like, you know, wait, did you put Horace Hogan in the flock because he's Hogan's nephew? I'm like, what? He's Hogan's nephew? I had no idea. <laughs> That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Let's keep moving along here, Matt Hardy. We got one from Lane. See, Matt, everyone knows that you got your hands full there at the house, Hardy. So they like real life advice from you. And Lane says, hey, Matt, I'm getting married next year. And I want to know what your biggest relationship advice is. Uh, here's the here's the biggest piece of advice I can give you. And you got to listen very closely, Lane, because it's, it's it's somewhat complicated, but it's also very simple, too. Happy wife. Happy life. Um, no, man, I, I feel like the secret to having a successful marriage is compromise. And you, you have to understand who you're being married to, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, uh, how you need to treat them. It, it almost you have to be able to take care of them like an extension of yourself in, in many, many ways. And myself, and my wife, we are very different. We we believe differently on lots of things, but that's OK. We're totally bonded together and it makes us love each other more than anything else is because we have the same goals going forward. And, you know, our goal, our goals are to make sure these children with that we shape them into being like good quality, uh, you know, intelligent human beings, you know, so they can carry on our legacy going forward. And, and, and I think if you have dreams that you share together and, and you share the same goals, I think that's very important. That's what keeps you up and running. And it's, and it's really important just to, to being selfish and, and to to put that person before you sometimes. And, and you have to make sure to stay aware of that and, and be cognizant of that. I mean, because you can believe different things on certain subjects, but it's very important that you're able to come together and, and share the same goals. Let's stick with the house, Hardy. Nails in New York, egomaniac. What's the, <sighs> let's be careful of these egomaniacs out here, okay? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Ask what's the best thing about being gothic baby's dad dad there's a lot of great things about being gothic baby's dad i'd imagine she is now a star at walt disney world saw her haunted mansion experience on rebby's tiktok but what is the absolute best thing uh the best thing first and foremost is that we finally had a girl Mm -hmm. it was really important to me i wanted to be a girl dad dad I mean, I love my boys more than anything. And, and I really, I wanted at least two boys so that they could be like best friends. And it, it, it's very much, I get to, through them, I get to relive my childhood with, with my brother, Jeff. Oh, and so you can take them out to the towns and 
take their money down the line too. Well, of course. I mean, we still got <laughs> a, a little ways. We're trying to get them ready, trying to train them right now, you know, and then they can all pay me back. And I'm glad sure. that Gothic baby is as over as she is. Cause then hopefully she can start bringing home the bacon sooner rather than later. And I can relax and retire my ass. You know what I mean? I, it, it, the, the whole financial stress of taking care of this huge humongous family and all these expenses isn't on me the whole while. So I can't wait till Gothic baby actually starts making enough money because of all her overness that she can start paying the bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's your absolute favorite thing about being her dad though? Uh, just it, it hits different with a girl. First and foremost, this is one thing I was saying, even when I first started changing her diaper as a baby, I remember how different it was because I'd had three babies before. Right. So you're sitting there and you change it up like, whoa, you know, we got, <laughs> we got a little something different here, you know, and you have, you have to take care of it, you know, and you have to, you know, be very gentle with it and whatnot. So, 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 so that was great, but it's an experience that I always wanted. I always wanted to be a girl dad. I wanted to raise a girl. And it's just, there's just something different about a girl. They, they say that, you know, little girls often have their daddies wrapped around their fingers and uh, I, I would say she does and, and she will. It's just going to be really interesting to see how she grows and evolves and changes and how she is as a female, which horrifies Re Rebbe because <laughs> Rebecca was a menace as a teenager to her parents anyway. So she's like, Fuck, I've, I've been I've lived this life of a girl, especially growing up in New York. Like, oh, my God, I'm so worried about how she's going to be. That's what Rebbe didn't even want to have a girl at first because she just talked about how she was such a maniac when she was younger. She's like, I don't think I can deal with that. I don't think I can deal with that. But now that's her, her baby best friend. Without oh. and it's so cute seeing them together, but just having a girl, it's just so different from a guy. It just, uh, your emotional connection is different. Uh, just the, the, the way you love them is different because you feel like you have to protect them more than a boy. I feel like, so just all, the actual concept of having a girl is just just a dream in itself. And I'm, I'm very happy that I have a girl and I'm a girl dad now officially. Gothic Baby's RBF, her resting bitch face, is pretty fantastic. It is <laughs> unbelievable. That pouty face. She is so full of so much personality. And you're yeah. right. See, seeing her interactions with Rebby, it, it's clear how special of a relationship the two of them have. And oh that's, my God, yeah. that's really cool to see. As an outsider, and as you say, she's half-ass over. <laughs> yeah, she is, she is half-ass over, no doubt about it. Richie wants to know, was there a match? I, 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 want, I want to say, too, sorry, John, but even yeah. to ego, e egomaniac out there, uh, I, I love the fact. What, what's her account again? It is uh, NY, or sorry, Nails and NY Egomaniac. Yes, Nails and NY Egomaniac. I want to say thank you for dealing with this little breakup that myself and Ethan Page have had. And, you know, we're going to get through this compound deal. And, and, and I feel like this whole experience is going to benefit him when it's all said and done. So thank you for tolerating me. And I know uh, you're super supportive of Ethan. And that's okay. We have a little bit of a beef now. But once we get through this, I think you're going to be happy with everything. To be fair, we got like five questions that were like, which toy of Ethan Pages are you going to shove up his ass at the Hardy compound? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just put some thought into that in the okay. in the process there. Uh, Richie asked, was there a match or segment you were part of that you thought wouldn't work, but it actually turned out great? Mm. I would say, uh, and I, we've talked about this here a couple of times too, uh, the match we were having on SmackDown where initially – I was going to have a quick match and Ken Anderson was going to have a quick match, but they just learned that Undertaker was having surgery. And the, the plan was they were going to have Ken Kennedy 
cash in money in the bank and become the heavyweight champion because Taker had to drop it because he was going to be out for a while. Uh, so they were going to have me wrestle Ken in a long extended match and, and beat him. So that if he won the title, I, there would already be a contender in place in me. And ultimately that didn't end up happening because Ken got hurt, but we went out there and we had like 20, 20 minutes and we had five minutes to prepare for this. And I just said, dude, like we've worked on the house shows. Just listen to me out there. We'll, we'll be good. We'll be good. And it was so weird to like call a match on the fly, which was a TV match and like a three segment TV match on top of that. But we caught it on the fly and I was like worried how it was going to look at the end of the day. Like, was it going, it'd been great on a house show. I, I had no, I, I, I didn't question that at all, but how's it going to come off on TV? Is it going to be boring or too slow or, or whatnot? But I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it turned out to be great. And like, I felt like that earned a lot of respect for both me and Ken, just going out there and kind of calling it on the fly and having a pretty kick-ass match without anything pre-planned. Samster wants to know top five AW dream matches for right. Jeff Hardy. Oh my. Okay. Let me think about this a little bit. Uh, the first one I'm going to say skinny Omega, uh, jungle boy. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Sammy Guar, mm -hmm. uh, MJF. And then I need one more here for, Jeff. I got one, but I'll wait. I'd, I'd, I'd say Wardlow. Wardlow. Okay. Yeah. Just get a couple whisper in the winds going against each other. That'd be fun to see. One yeah. big ass giant doing it, and then Jeff. Right. I, I'm telling you, Jeff and Orange Cassidy are going to make magic in a ring. One oh, day. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll that'll be amazing, yeah. Because you know what? If there's any one person that's going to return those brutal kicks that Orange Cassidy does, I think it might be Jeff Hardy. I think he'll match <laughs> that energy. I think it'd be a lot of fun to see. That's a match I want. Just put it in your guy's head. Maybe uh, Best Friends versus Hardy Party. Could be a I lot like of fun. It. I like it. We'll see. Rob's art. This is a controversial one. Matt Hardy says, what is your recovery routine going to look like after Ethan page kicks you all over the Hardy compound? I don't know where these Ethan page fans are infiltrating our space here, but he wants to know what your recovery routine is going to look like. Uh, it'll be the same as every other match that I go out and kick somebody's ass. Uh, I'll, I'll be icing myself. Uh, I'll be making sure to get up and, and do my morning routine each and every day. Uh, I'll be making sure to stretch more. And I've actually incorporated a lot more balancing into my workouts now, which, mm -hmm. you know, my balance is something that has just been greatly affected just by my body being beat up so much. And I, I can tell this has helped me because my balance is improving a little bit, you know, just like in certain poses that I do yoga stuff that, you know, where your body needs to be very limber and it needs to be, you know, able to bend and flex in, in different ways. So I'm, I'm trying to work on that a whole lot. So that'll be part of my routine, but you know, I'm just going to do the same things I usually do after I whip someone's ass all over the Hardy compound. You know, I'm sure Ethan's going to get in a few good look, licks here and there, but you know, at the end of the day, he is sentenced to deletion. Delet Bill, <laughs> Bill wants to know, it's not big Bill. It's Bill Agins wants to know how long does it take to prepare the compound for a match? Oh boy, what a great question. Um, it, it does take a little while, especially when you have Queen Rebecca there, because, you know, she is very, uh, she is definitely a uh, Latina woman because she wants everything practically perfect. She wants everything clean. She wants everything crisp. So uh, there's a, a funny TikTok I'm sure she'll be releasing very shortly in the future where uh, we had all the kids and myself and her, we went out there as well and we were picking up all of the pine cones in the yard right she's like if we're going to shoot this and it's going to be on tv it has to look great uh i just forked out some money she's getting a little landscaping done to the house planting a few more trees 
Uh, she's got someone coming over, cleaning up everything. And on Jeff's end, I know he's uh, cleaned out everything by the lake, by his house. He has uh, been doing a little digging uh, to create some symbols in the ground that, that might actually look pretty amazing from a drone shot. So it, it I would say it takes a, a solid week to get ready for a hardy compound match. Interestingly enough, you mentioned that there is a lot of time that goes into it, some landscaping perhaps. Well, I know that it's easier than ever because for the first time ever, Matt Hardy, the Hardy compound is using Sunday to get things going and Indeed. ready for TV. This is how you look TV ready if you're a yard. And thankfully, you got Senor Benjamin using Sunday. What does Sunday do for Senor Benjamin that makes it easier than ever to take care of the acres and acres and acres of the Hardy compound? Yes. The myriad of acres. Uh, Sunday is a gift to the world. Senior Benjamin uses it on my side of the compound. And on Jeff's side of the compound, it's Itchweed. And those two guys are, are yard specialists. <laughs> Sunday is everything that you've ever dreamed of when it comes to taking care of your lawn. And we want to give you a little bit of hand here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. This spring, go to GetSunday.com slash Hardy and you enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. There's no need for trips to any of the stores or hauling heavy bags with you in those wheelbarrows. You just need a hose to apply Sunday. That's it. And you can fertilize your entire lawn in less time than it takes to listen to an episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy by using ingredients that you know you can feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, or trying to keep the gaggle of kids off the lawn. You just apply it, you let it dry it, and then you're back to enjoying your day. And the best part about Sunday is that it is easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year. But with Sunday, full season plans start at just $109. This is one hell of a deal we are offering here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. I mean, I think that's the one thing, Matt, that when I think about lawn care and taking the time to put in it is so tedious and the different fertilizers and different products you have to use when you're talking about something that's all in one, especially with a property the size of yours, this has yes. to be like heaven on earth for Senor Benjamin. It absolutely is. I mean, the fact that this is all in one, bam, knock it out all at once is amazing. And it is well worth the value. What a steal it is to get it for one another. Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off full season plan starting at just $109. You can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash Hardy at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Hardy. I can't wait to see what the Hardy compound is going to look like when it is TV ready, because just like any talent out there, you know, you got to look your best. And I have no doubt that it's going to look absolutely fantastic. Let's keep moving on here. Let's go to Miles Heston. Wants to know your favorite cereal. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not a cereal guy nowadays, but I would say whenever I was eating cereal, my, my favorite was uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It was quite tasty. So I would go with that. Obviously, that's uh, full of sugar and it's something uh, and, and someone of an advanced age like me can't really eat a lot of nuts. I like that. I like that. Judge James Thomas, out of all the classic matches that you've had on SmackDown, which one do you rank as your favorite? Mm, okay. Great question. Uh, let me just think about the ones that stand out and, and really come to mind. Um, 
the one wherever I dropped the cruiserweight title to Rey Mysterio and we were the main event in Anaheim. That was that was very cool. That was a big deal. Um, the match where myself and Jeff we defeated the Usos to become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. That was a, that was a big deal for us too. That was very cool, especially on our you know final last run there. You know, doing this three years. Uh, TLC three. That was a that was a, a very very cool match. And I'm sure there's many others too that I probably just don't pop pop into my mind. Any of the MVP matches? Yeah, there there were a couple things. I, myself and MVP winning the tag team titles. That was that was very cool because once again, I'm I'm a big storyteller, and just us being able to pitch that and moving forward with that story. Once again, that was myself and MVP's idea, and like. I promise it didn't come from a selfish point that we just wanted to win the titles. We thought that would really be good for the story at the end of the day. Kind of reminds me a lot of the things that are going on now between, you know, the Hardy party and, and the firm, you know, we're very hands-on in, in things we suggest and, and do. Um, there's gotta be some other, there's gotta be some other match that I'm missing too. The, the match with Ken that I was talking about too, where we called three segments in the ring. That was uh that was cool. That was special because it was a success. And earned us a lot of respect. There's been there's been a lot of very cool SmackDown moments I've had. Nate wants to know, and this is an interesting question. How do you feel about those memes of your reaction to Jeff's return and people calling Jeff your meal ticket? I personally love how you and Jeff have both carved your own paths, and I don't understand the hate. Matt, I know you're the ultimate optimist here at the end of the day. So what are your thoughts when people poke fun at that and say, Oh, he he of course he's latching on to Jeff again, stuff like that? I, it's fine. You know, I, I, I don't care. I, I know the truth, you know, and the fact of the matter was um, when Jeff was gone, you know, I helped create this amazing storyline and made it work and gave Jeff an amazing spot to come back in. So you're welcome for that, Brother Nero. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's all good. I mean, Jeff is Jeff. He's a very special performer in the pro wrestling circuit. Uh, very few are beloved like he is, as we talk about here often. So it's always great to have him back. At the end of the day, he's my brother, and we love working with one another. We love still being able to live out our childhood dream 31 years deep in the industry. So, yeah, that's, it's it's fine. I mean, there's always people online that are going to say things to you that aren't necessarily true, you know, and, and, and they can just perceive something in a certain way. But it's all in your reaction to it. Like, that's fine. You can say that to me all day long because I know the truth and I know the reality behind the situation. And Jeff would have never became the Jeff that he is without me in many, many ways. So it's all good. And, and Jeff knows the deal. I know the deal. Jeff hates social media anyway, by the way, as you know that. I mean, he has things that he'll paste on, but he's not a big social media guy. Like anytime people say, hey, will you get Jeff to tweet me or send me a message on Instagram? I was like, dude forget about it. There's, there's no chance. I mean, he's very old school when it comes to that. He hates all that stuff. Well, yeah, I just, a lot of times now I'll just look at stuff like that and laugh, especially if people, you know, it's just some random person commenting online and they probably think it like bothers me or it's like a dig at me, but go nuts, man. Go crazy with it. Cause I don't care. Well, we can't all be you mad and keeping our check marks without having to pay for Twitter blues. So <laughs> well, hell, well, hell indeed. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm done with it. It is what it is. <laughs> there you um, go. That, that's the attitude. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know me. You know that Twitter was attached to my hip for many years. And now I just don't even care anymore. And it's pretty crazy that I got to that point. But you know what? I've, I've felt a lot better about things since I did that. So mm -hmm. I think your brother might be on to something. Uh, you know, one, one of my biggest mottos when it comes to stuff like that is just let go. You got to just let go of stuff. 
you know, especially just life changes. Mm-hmm. We evolve, we have to adapt to whatever we're working with and then just things change. Like nothing is ever truly consistent in life. I mean, things always change to some degree and you have to be able to roll with the punches. Just wait till Evie hits her frozen stage and you've got let it go playing throughout your house every single day. <laughs> How do you feel about being the girl dad uh, after that one? <laughs> she, she, she actually got pretty big exposure to uh, frozen down at Disney, apparently, and she was she was digging it the most. Okay, all right. Well, I guess that's that stage is not far, that gimmick change is not not far around the corner for Evie. Then I guess the, the biggest gimmick change with her, I'm worried about, is when she becomes you know an early teenager and she starts talking about she wants to have boys around and stuff. That's gonna that's gonna be the uh, the uh, the ultimate test of being able to adapt and change. And especially with Rebby. I think Rebby, she's probably yeah. going to give herself aneurysm when those days come around. I was going to say. She I won't even talk about it now. She won't even talk about it. She's do not, do not mention it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, I think you'll be fine with that stuff. I think Rebecca might be, might be another story. Right. We'll see. We'll see what just the imagine point. Rebecca gets stressed out over the kids. And I say, just use all your patience on the kids. Don't worry about having patience for me because I can deal with it. I'm good. Just imagine how it's going to be when we have four kids in teenage years. And at one point we will, which is going to be wild. Four kids in, in those young, early double digits. That's going to be an interesting test to see how she can handle stuff then. <laughs> we'll see what the forest produces for you. <laughs> right. Lori wants to know, will you ever write a second book, Loved, Exist to Inspire? Which came out, by the way, more than 20 years ago at this point. You're right. We just celebrated the 20 year anniversary of that recently. Uh, And this is probably some breaking news. I'm actually speaking with someone right now about doing doing a book, a second book, but it would only be a Matt Hardy book there. There there's a couple people that were talking like a publishing company that had reached out. Uh, My wife kind of got into this book business. Uh, for another reason, but then someone reached out to us about doing a book and some ideas. So, so there's something cooking. We'll see how things work out. I don't, I don't know what the, the, the final product is going to be, but if I do do another book, it would probably just be a Matt Hardy book. And then if Jeff would be up for doing it, it'd be interesting to see. She was like, eh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't want to have to work on anything. I would just rather work in the yard. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll see though. I mean, I, I guess there's a possibility and I'll, uh, I'll keep you guys updated. I think there's a lot of merit in a Matt Hardy book versus a Hardy Boys book because your lives yeah. have been so different. Yes, and, I, and, 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 and a lot of that came from Rebby, and, uh, and I, I do agree with him. Well, that's why we, you know, we have this podcast where we're collecting all these stories and you hear Matt's perspective of this stuff because I'm sure Jeff's perspective on a lot of it would be different. Totally. Some of the things that he's gone through. Yeah, Jeff strikes me as the type of person who would very much love a ghostwriter for, <laughs> for an autobiography. Right. So. Uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll let it play out and, and what happens there. Uh, Brian Fitz, what's your opinion on the TLC match concept getting its own pay-per-view and TNA trying to imitate it with Full Metal May- Mayhem? I mean, first and foremost, it's, it's obviously flattering. It's very humbling. The fact that I'll always be attached to the TLC match, being one of the forefathers, you know, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Edge, Christian, Bubba, Devon, you know, will always be attached to that concept. I mean, we we introduce something to the wrestling world that will always be a, a staple of pro wrestling now. 
you know, there's TLC pay-per-views that there's always going to be that TLC concept. And, you know, that was like, you know, our creation at the end of the day, we, we put in the work and, and we put all the pieces together to, to make that become a, a real deal in pro wrestling and something that was actually very, very popular. And the fact that TNA made their own version of the match, which I, I think was smart and it was good and doing the full metal mayhem, you know, it's, it's interesting just because, just the combinations of tables, ladders, and chairs, and, and the moments we were able to cre create because we were the first ones to really do it. We were the pioneers of that. You know, we broke that new ground, and and we'll always kind of get the credit for it. And our matches just always seem the best because we were the first ones doing it in so many ways. And, and they, they were good. It's just hard if you're not the trendsetter on something to be better than the originals, much like movies, right? It's hard to make a better sequel or trilogy you know especially if the first one was really really epic because it's just such a hard standard to live up to so yeah it's, it's humbling uh and, and i just think it's really cool that we were able to introduce something that would become a cornerstone of pro wrestling matthew green asks rank your number one singles opponent for each promotion below with no double so no repeats here we'll start with WWE, uh, there's five promotions. It's going to be WWE, TNA, AWA, well, TNA and Impact. Oh, okay, I see what you say. He wants he wants a, an opponent from your TNA era and one from your Impact era. We'll, we'll all allow it. And Ring of Honor. Let's start with WWE. So your favorite singles opponent from your WWE run? Someone that I wrestled against or someone I would like to wrestle against? Someone that you have wrestled against. Someone that I have wrestled against. Okay, from uh, WWE, I would say... MVP. MVP. TNA. So we're talking 2011 here. A AJ Styles. AJ Styles. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. uh, Impact. So 2014 on. Um, Brother Nero. Brother Nero. Ring of Honor. Kevin Steen. Mm. We got an episode coming up on him soon too, mm -hmm. and AEW. Your favorite singles opponent in AEW? Hmm. I might even uh, jump out there and say Ethan Page. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to jump out there and say Ethan Page. Yeah. Okay. What is it that you like about Ethan from an in-ring standpoint? His mentality, uh, his thought process, the way he does the storytelling, the way he applies the story of the characters into the match, and just his, his overall mentality and someone who's uh, very easy to work with. So, yeah, I, I would almost go, go with him. And I feel like this is the most elongated story I've had in my AEW run you know, doing this deal with Ethan Page. And, and I think it's going to uh, it's going to turn out and be bananas when it's all said and done. I would venture to guess that that will, in fact, be the case. Lots of great matches for you to check out in the archives from the names that Matt just listed, uh, including, you, you said, AEW, uh, Ring of Honor, Impact. Well, you can find those promotions over with our pals, over on Fight and Fight Plus, because Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports entertainment. They're now offering a free seven-day trial at TryFight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule over 1,000 hours 
of live action every single year. A library of more than 4,000 hours on demand plus exclusive content. Fight is a great partner of ours at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. I'm on Fight all the time. They support us, so let's support them. Give them that free seven-day trial, and uh, you'll be a member for life. I pretty much guarantee that. That's tryfight.com, T-R-Y-F-I-T-E.com. Amazing how you can just have all those hours at your fingertips these days, isn't it? It's incredible, man. I, I love Fight. I mean, if there's something that you want to check out, you can you can look it up on Fight. It's great. It's high quality stuff too, and you know maybe maybe we'll get some Matt Hardy on Fight soon. Maybe you'll show up in Ring of Honor with Brother Nero. Yeah, it would be cool to see you guys run it back in Ring of Honor, go for those tag titles again. Would you have any interest in doing something like that? Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, you know, any, anytime there's an expedition of gold for the Hardys, uh, mm-hmm. we're never going to say no. Love a question like this from Jono. If you were to open your own restaurant, what would you call it? And what would you specialize in serving? Mm, okay. I think uh, I'm a big fan of food, a big advocate for all kinds of different types of food. I would call it the multiverse of meals. <laughs> and I think it would be a variety restaurant. Um, you'd be able to get everything from like a great flavored beef to Mofungo, Mofungo mm. called Pollo. Uh, I'd throw some Mexican food in there. I would throw some Mediterranean, some Greek food in there. Uh, grape leaves, chicken kebabs. I would uh, have uh, some delicious burgers in there. I would have a uh, steak. I would have filet. I would put a little hibachi in it. Wow. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big uh, steak Steak, chicken, uh, grilled shrimp combo guy at Hibachi. A little fried rice. Uh, so you, you pay for the, the expensive stuff, the premium stuff. You're getting the, the chicken, steak, and shrimp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, without a doubt, man. I, Not I all of us can afford to do that, Matt Hardy. Matter <laughs> no, you know. fact, that'll be upcoming. Someone asked me the other day. They said, I can't believe, like, this is my iPhone. They said, I can't believe you don't have a case on your iPhone. They said, well, how do you do that? I mean, they brass out. Okay, if it breaks, I'll just buy another one. <laughs> they said we don't all have that kind of money. That was a real conversation we had recently. <laughs> Big money, Matt, is real. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah the case, like, sometimes you're like taking pictures, and it's just hard to like turn the volume up and down. It's frustrating. Fuck it. If I break my iPhone, I'll just buy another one. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that menu idea. You're like encroaching on cookout territory there, man. Their menu's huge. You're gonna be <laughs> they do gonna be, cookout does have a huge menu, yeah. You're gonna be encroaching on their ter- territory. I don't know how they're gonna feel about that. Uh let's get one from Matthew. Fantasy booking. If your match with Kane at SummerSlam 2004 had a stipulation, which of these three stipulations would you choose and why? He gives us four, actually. Uh, ambulance match, inferno match, buried alive match, or stretcher match. I feel like stretcher and ambulance are pretty much the same thing. So, yeah, yeah, ambulance, man. inferno, and buried alive. Which one would you have picked against Kane? Oh my God, those are all awful. Well, it did have a step on the the match of them. I think uh, he wants of these specifically. No, I I, I get that. Mm. I, I would say of of those three, they all sound terrible because they're all like specialty matches for Kane. You know, you got me trying to get this this gigantic dude on a stretcher and then push him over a line or put him in the ambulance um, buried alive. That's like his match. So to say, I would probably say Inferno out of all those things. And I would just say that I, I would hope my cardio and breathing would be so good that the, the air 
would suck out the oxygen and, and he would weaken before I do. So I, I mean, you've already people, been, you've already been lit on fire as is. So, right. Yeah. I, I have done it before. Yeah. The end of the final deletion. Go check it out in the archives, extremehari.com. Ryan Pike says, favorite city to visit here in the States and why, and your favorite place to visit abroad and why. Thanks for answering my question. Love what you guys do. I listen to quite a few wrestling podcasts, and this one is by far the most entertaining and informative. Great work, John and Matt. Very good. Um, I've got a, a few cities that I really like to visit a lot, like uh, especially domestically. Seattle was always a, a big deal to me because I was – the, the Space Needle, it, it had a hold on me when I was young, and I really loved it because of the Seattle Supersonics logo. And just getting to go in it, it kind of became like a, a, a ritual or routine for me. Every time I'd go, I'd go to Space Needle and I would eat. Got to do that a, a little a little while back. Uh, I, I love going to Texas just because it is so spacious. I enjoy it so much. Um, I've even loved like the Southern Florida area recently too. Just like I, I love the temperature. Usually it's a place you can swim year round if there's like an outside pool which is really nice especially if it's chilly with wherever you are currently and north carolina is pretty mild in the big scheme of things uh so those would probably be my favorite cities that i think uh, i'll even go miami dallas houston and seattle and as far as internationally it has got to be easter island man and it's one of those things where i'm just waiting to to find a good window of time where I can take my whole family back to Easter Island again. It's just the most magical place I've ever been to. It's very difficult to get to, but it is amazing. And it is uh, well worth the, the travel if you can get there. Here's a good one. You might have to think a little bit here. Tastin Greenwood wants to know your top three dream opponents with interesting match stipulations. And the example he gives is Matt Hardy versus Terry Funk in an Iron Man match. So he wants an opponent and a yeah. stipulation for what that match would be. Top three. Uh, this is this is a great question. Could be anyone, any era. I, I mean, I, I'm even going to go first and foremost. I, I would like to do a Matt Hardy versus Terry Funk uh, Hardy compound match. I think oh, he would be, he, he'd be amazing in that, right? Uh, in in the funking deletion, maybe the funking good. deletion. I love that. That's great. Yeah, right. right that's good. The, the funking <laughs> deletion. Um, I would say the Macho Man Randy Savage. In a TLC match. TLC that match. Would, that would be very enjoyable, I think. What about a and, King of the Ring finals match against Macho Man? Uh, that, that's that's a good could, call, too. Yeah. You could dethrone him as yeah. the Macho King. Yeah, and I could be the Broken King. Mm -hmm. I like it. As opposed to the Macho King, I could be the Broken King. Mm -hmm. And then, let me think of another stipulation that I would really like to do with someone that stands out. And then... Uh, just because he's so crazy, and he's utterly crazy in real life and in the ring, I would say uh, just a, a ladder match with the Nature Boy Ric Flair, because he 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 dug uh, doing that thing with Adam. I know, and and that time we were in the Money in the Bank, he said, "Look," he said, "I trust you with this." He said, "You're the guy that created this match." He said, "If anybody's going to superplex me off the top of this ladder, it's going to be you, Matt." All right, all right. And that clip, like I, I see it every so often, you know, and they they did. Rick was amazing with that. And like, we had a point where he was going to be on a certain step. And I remember we got up there, we we're fighting and I saw that he was on the step and I was on the step that we talked about earlier. And he's like, no, higher, higher. And he's hitting me higher, higher. And he just wanted to go up and take a little bit of a bigger bump. And he took a lot of pride in, in taking that big suplex off the ladder. And it was just so cool that, you know, a guy that you grew up watching, who's one of your favorites and super motivational for you to become a pro wrestler was like, 
would trust you enough to to be the only person in that match that would allow you to do that to him. So that that was that was really cool too. Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he thinks you guys are one of the greatest tag teams ever, right? He does, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he he's a big fan of the Hardys, both professionally and personally. And uh, and and I dig Rick, man. He's uh he is never dull. There is never a dull moment. If you're talking to Ric Flair, you're around Ric Flair. And thank thank God, thank God we still got him because he's a national treasure. That is for sure. He is authentically Ric Flair. You uh, you could probably go up to him right now and say, let's do this match. And he'd probably say, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, right. Watch your words there, Matt Hardy. Next thing you know, we'll have Ric Flair's last match too coming up. <laughs> and it'll be you and him in the last match. I, 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 it's like literally like last match seven. I think we're at, you know, there's it's been a the few last farewell. It's the kiss farewell to her, man. Just keeps going, yeah. going, yeah. going, going. Yep. Kieran has a good question. I like this one. Have you ever had or considered introducing a submission hold to your arsenal as a finisher? Well, I, I technically have a submission move, which is the leech, you know, which back in TNA when I first used it, it was called the ice pig, but leech was very appropriate whenever I was doing the whole big money match stick. So, uh, yeah, I, I do like it. And as far as having another submission hold, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, I dig submission holds. And I think at this stage of my career, a submission hold is, is, a, is a good maneuver for me. You got the guillotine toy at the house. You should just start using the guillotine as is. One <laughs> to add into the arsenal there, man. Mm-hmm. Let's get a couple more and then we'll wrap things up here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. Always love doing these Ask Matt episodes, and we got a lot of great questions, too. So thank you, as always, to all the people who have asked questions here. Misty Misty asks, my 10-year-old son Marshall has a question. What advice would you give to kids like me who want to grow up and be a wrestler like you? Uh, that's that's a great question. And probably the the most common thing that I tell people and I think this is important. If you really want to be a pro wrestler and it's your dream, you want to turn it into a career where you legitimately make a living out of it. I kind of encapsulate everything by just saying like, make it a lifestyle because like when you're a teenager, I feel like you need to just start conditioning yourself to getting into a routine. You need to train a certain way. You need to uh, exercise a certain way to keep your body in shape. Uh, if you're old enough, which I would say be a certain age before you start taking bumps, you need you need to let your body fully develop and, to, and before you start taking bumps. But then like, you know, get in the ring, work out, train, have a quality trainer and start eating the right way. Start sleeping the right way. Really take care of your body and, and put your physical health first and foremost and, and try and become the best athlete you can possibly become. And then I would also say keep up with all the promotions. I mean, if 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 you love wrestling, then know everything that's going on in, in a WWE, in a AEW, in a Impact Wrestling, in a ROH. Know all that stuff. And then know your history as well. Because if you are trying to make a career out of this, you never know where your first opportunity might come from. And you definitely need to know what is going on there. If you show up and you don't know what is going on there, then that would be taken as a sign of disrespect and it would lower people's interest in you as well. So you just always got to be ready. Pro wrestling is definitely one of those, one of those industries where you have to be ready for anything at any time. And and a lot of times it's the case of the guy being in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the right ability or the right character. So just hey, be ready. Matt that's Matt Cardona, right? Always ready. That's what he always says. Yeah. And yeah. 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 That. So that's that that 
I would sum that up once again by saying, like, make it a lifestyle. If you really want to do pro wrestling, if you want to be a weekend warrior and just do stuff on indies here and there, then it's okay. Just, just you know, dip your toes in now and then. But if you really want to make this uh, a full-time career, make it a lifestyle. Valerie, who's always listening to this podcast and loves it, says, what was it like seeing both you and Jeff land on the cover of WWE magazine for the first time? And do you have a favorite WWE magazine cover featuring yourself or team extreme? Yeah. I mean, that it, it was extremely cool. You know, just that's one of those, that's one of those things that happen happens and you know, like, wow, we've made it. You know, when you get your first t-shirt, when you're first on a video game, you know uh, when you get your first action figure, and, you know, when you're first on the cover of a WWE magazine, those are big deals. Probably my, my favorite cover was just the the one where the, the four of us were on it, myself, Edge, Christian, and Jeff. You know, and that was following the No Mercy 1999 ladder match. I mean, that, that was a big deal because that's the match that really helped us turn the corner. We went from being just WWE wrestlers to WWE superstars at that time. That's kind of how I sum up that, that point in our career, that chapter in our career. It was also extremely cool that, we were over, over enough, I guess, and we were selling enough merch and whatnot that we got our own Team Extreme magazine. So that was that was a really cool deal, especially it was a full-fledged magazine that just featured Team Extreme. So that was mm -hmm. extremely humbling as well, and it really speaks volumes about our popularity at that time. 9-1 Willie asks, how did the Hardy Show influence the broken universe? It's always been us versus them, hasn't it? Loving the show. Keep up that five-single, five-single, five-star content. Very cool. Thank you very much uh, for those those nice compliments on the podcast. We take a lot of pride in those. Uh, John and I, we, uh, we're very passionate about this, so we're glad you enjoy it. I, I feel like the Hardy show, there were a couple things where Jeff, it was like Matt versus Jeff. We had a fight because it started off as the Matt Hardy show. And mm -hmm. to make it become the Hardy show, we crafted and this idea about us getting into a fight so Jeff could be included in it as well. And in a lot of ways, that was the first cinematic match that was on the Hardy compound. And then there was the rematch too, which it was a little bit better than, you know, the one before. So it, it definitely had some influence because it was us fighting and pinfalls submissions were legal all over anywhere on the Hardy compound. So, so it definitely kind of uh, laid down the, the groundwork, I think for the first Hardy compound matches. Love that. Uh, let's get to Brad Wise, who's always listened to this podcast. He's also a subscriber to the Wrestling According to Alba Patreon. And you know, Matt, on my Patreon, I do these things called Tape Study, where I always try to get people to pay attention to the little nuances of a wrestling match or the surroundings and the story that's being told. And he asks a great question here. Does the layout of the venue ever affect spots or run-ins. He's watching old-school Raws, and he noticed that the hard camera is on the opposite side of the arena than it normally is. Does that cause issues ever for any talent? Yeah, I mean, usually earlier in the day, you're, you're pretty aware of where the, the hard cam is. Sometimes you do get in a, in, a, in a big habit, and it's almost instinctual to looking one certain way, knowing that's where the hard cam is going to be, and you want your, your face and your body facing that way. So it, it, it can be a little tricky, but usually – before you go out in advance, you know where the camera is. So usually that's pretty easy. But when you're doing like run-ins, even like last week when the firm were coming through the crowd and then as Jared said, who's that coming through the back door, damn it? I think as you, you text me. Uh, th those, <laughs> things can, those things can be tricky, especially yeah. if you're coming through the crowd because sometimes the crowd, there's people standing or whatever they're in your way. You have to hop the barricade too. And especially if it's very sensitive from a timing perspective, those things can be tricky. So it's, it's nice when – 
it's nice when there's a very clear path to the ring. If you're doing business like that, if you're heading to the ring, those things can be tricky, especially if it's if it's a long haul and you don't have a a long queue and you have to get there in a short amount of time. Those things can be challenging. I always loved back in like 2000. You remember when SmackDown had the oval stage, you know, where yes. you had so many great memories. You could always tell what the arena layout was going to be based on what side the Ovaltron was on because they would move the Ovaltron to different sides of the stage. Most fans probably don't pick on that, but with my super niche, weird, I absorbed everything from that era brain. That was something that would always stick out to me that the hard cam side usually correlated with what side the Ovaltron was going to be on. I'm sure there's like three people that understood what I'm referring to there, but that's fine. That's what we get to talk about here on the extreme life. And we got one last question. There's me and then two others, I guess. (laughs) That's why you and I get along, buddy. We got one more question. This is a great one to wrap with. Katrina Young wants to know, what do you love the most about your fan base? I I just love that they're so, so loyal. I mean, there's been people that have been following me for decades decades so that that's when 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 you have fans that support you for decades that says a lot about their investment in you and one of the coolest things we were so influential and i don't think we realized how influential we were when we first started you know as a tag team and we're the hardy boys and we were kind of interjecting a, a new style and a new brand of wrestling into WWE with you know some of the ladder matches the table matches and the tlc matches and there's so many people that grew up and were inspired and motivated in their childhood and you'll see those guys with the the hardy boys logo tattooed on them and i mean that's just it's overwhelming and it's overwhelmingly flattering you know if someone is willing to to tattoo your symbol on their body because that period of their life and and their ability to follow you and be inspired by you means that much to them you know that's that's a huge deal best things about our fans are they are just so loyal uh they're so passionate and uh and they will follow us no matter where we go they'll follow us everywhere you know no matter what company it was and and we are guys that are known to not be afraid of just staying in alexandria and the people in here will understand that reference they might not at the presser but you know i I, I love the fact sammy uh Kevin, Alexandria is a thing here on this podcast, so mm-hmm. glad you were introduced to it. But 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 people knew we weren't afraid to be at Alexandria, you know, which is WWE, obviously. And if we went other places, people would follow us, which is which is so great. It's funny. I made the reference, and there were a lot of people that understood it, even though I know they didn't listen to our podcast. So I felt yeah. a little validated by that. You introduced something to my lexicon that yeah. became part of my my daily usage i've used it in life too aside from just this podcast great answer there and we know that at the end of the day there's no bigger matt hardy fan than thomas simpson so shout out to you thomas because he loves him some 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 matt hardy and he's made that very clear that what up t-dog he's been there from the start and you can you can hear from thomas in our archive as well of course you check out our omega panel from wrestlecade yeah and have some fun with us. Maybe we'll be able to do something at WrestleCade again this year. It was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And, this, yeah. And, this- and, and I do. You should check out that episode if you have. And it was really cool and, and a unique experience. A lot of fun to, to get the band back together that day. I don't even know if I told you this. I think I forgot to. I saw both Tracy and Brian WrestleMania week randomly. 
I, I quite literally bumped into both of them, physically bumped oh, into both of them. Yeah. Uh -huh. I was down on my phone trying to navigate where I was going to go. I bumped into Brian and I bumped into Tracy two separate times. Tracy outside of WrestleMania because, you know, he's got that Matt Hardy VIP uh, money that right. he's got going on there. Yeah. So he, he was outside SoFi having a good time. It was great seeing them and uh, all of our WrestleCade friends. And this has been awesome, guys. We really appreciate you tuning into this edition of The Extreme Life. Anything you want to add on these questions, Matt, or anything you have to say to the loyal listeners of The Extreme Life? Yeah, no, uh, thank you guys for submitting these great questions. These are always really fun to do. Uh, kind of breaks the monotony of just like talking about, uh, you know, different periods or times in my career. And, and I love the fact just, you know, people just uh, quickly fire these questions at me and I think about them and answer them. I really enjoy it. So thank you guys for submitting all these great questions. And thank you guys for supporting myself and John and the extreme life of Matt Hardy. We are grateful to have you here. We're very grateful. And we're especially grateful if you leave that five single, five single, five star review. Head over to Spotify, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a screenshot of your review, send it to us. We do contests all the time. We like to get stuff out there. We got this great review this past week from A. Craig VD says, phenomenal content. I cannot believe I slept on this podcast up until a month ago. The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy is one of the most entertaining and real listens. Hell Very yeah. Cool. That review is wonderful. It is a five, single, five, single, five star review. Yes. And if you'd like to get your product out on this five, single, five, single, five star podcast, well, you head on over to advertisewithhardy.com. You can promote your product or your business and take it to the extreme with Matt Hardy and I here. Get your product, get your business out in front of thousands of listeners every single week. Just head on over to advertisewithhardy.com. That big money Matt endorsement goes a long way. You might even get a new cell phone out of it. No promises on that front. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to walk around without a case. Yeah. <laughs> This is, I'm trying to trying to get my, <laughs> this this is myself when you see those cracks there and everything there that I've been walking around with this one since the fall of 2020 and the battery's <laughs> dying and I'm still trying to find the right time and Matt Hardy's like yeah oh which one of my five phones just rang I'm sorry I'll get back to it <laughs> well well hell this has been the extreme life of Matt Hardy the words have been spoken We'll see you next week. Adios, amigos.